Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome back to the podcast, What is Culture? I'm your host, Rocco Longarello, and this is episode number nine of season three. So the holidays are always great, but I still can't believe it's 2020. It just sounds like science fiction to me. It makes me think of Terminator 2 for some reason. Uh, Anyway, I hope you all had some time away from work, and I hope you're feeling refreshed, rejuvenated, and ready for the new year. So if you remember, Mike Young, Tango's director of the Corporate Program Management Office, was the featured guest in Season 3, Episode 4, which was titled Energy. And in that episode, he and I decided to schedule a time where we turned the tables and Mike would interview me. In a minute, you'll hear that conversation, well, at least part of it. So Mike and I have become pretty close, and we recorded for close to two hours that day in December, so this episode will be broken into two. You will hear part one today, and then I'll air part two sometime later down the road. There's only so much of Rocco anyone can take at once. (laughs) Believe me, I get it. Honestly, at first, I was reluctant to to even air this episode due to my own insecurities, but Mike did a great job. He asked good questions, and I think this conversation will give listeners a better understanding of who I am at the core and why I enjoy hosting this podcast so much. So let's get to it. Here's Mike Young interviewing me in this special Flipping the Tables episode. My Thanksgiving was... uh... I, I don't know. I hate to to be a Debbie Downer, but my my Thanksgiving there was kind of a lot of stuff going on, and uh, we had some deaths in the family and a lot Sorry of. Sorry, hear that? Yeah, it was. Thank you. I appreciate it. There was just something about. It's funny. I was just talking about it the other day. There's something about that time of year for my family where it seems to be when bad things happen. I, I don't know why, but. Um, but everyone powers through, and you know, it, it's sometimes when people pass away, I'll, I think always it's a reminder that we're not here forever, right? So make the best out of the time that you have. But uh, it definitely, it definitely puts a damper on on the holidays. But man, I'm telling you, like the last three or four Thanksgivings, we've had a death in the family, like the day or two before and it's just it's eerie it's almost like we're afraid of that holiday right yeah and some some it's sometimes it's just the timing and some people theorize that it's also the the changing of the seasons so you know the temperature gets colder we get less sun so either consciously or subconsciously the the body reacts differently and you know there's change of elements outside the body inside the mm. body so unfortunately i i've i've uh, i've heard that uh, as well really mm-hmm. yeah what what's bizarre and kind of a little bit creepy and messed up i remember talking to my cousin at the at the wake in the funeral home the director said that this december or november and december is quote the busiest time of the season or the busiest season that was the creepy quote that he said um so I don't know. There's something about this time of year. It, it, it's not just affecting my family, but it's just, it's just very weird. And <laughs> that's yeah. not to, that's it's just we usually you ask somebody, oh, how was your Thanksgiving? They're like, ah, my you know, we ate too much. You ask me, I'm like, oh, everyone died and people were crying. It's just I don't know, man. It I there's something about 
being near everybody, it, it, it's so demented. But seeing family that you never see, that you love, but you only see them once in a blue moon, there's, it, it's like the yin and yang, right? There's so you, it's a reminder of, of, of the short existence that we have. And every time, every time you go to pay respects for someone who passed away, it's, it's horrible, but it's also, there's some peace in it within it or some positive note that I always take away. And so, yeah. And I appreciate your honesty as, as always, you didn't give me kind of just a, Hey, I ate too much. Like you said, uh, the break was too, too short, which, you know, those things probably are correct. Also, you know, we, we, I think that's why you're so respected by your peers on, on the podcast. And when we're talking one-on-one -on -one, that you always keep it real. So if things are good. You tell us, but if things are not going well, you're, you're happy to share that too. I think that's, that's a sign of, you know, self-awareness, right. And that you're, you're secure with yourself that you can talk about, you know, your insecurities, you're secure because you can talk about your insecurities. Whereas if someone's truly insecure, they're not going to talk that much they are going to put up a, a strong front everything's great you know but not really talk about it because they're afraid of where that you know conversation may go yeah yeah mike well i i think the other way to look at it is i'm just <laughs> i'm just such an open book it's almost ridiculous like i just i wear my heart on my sleeve or yeah you're right you're right when people ask me what's going on um i don't know i just the truth is the truth and there's no reason for me to I don't know. I've just been, always been comfortable sharing things that when it comes to human uh, behavior and human experience, I think we all we all go through these things. We all f have these feelings, these emotions and things. Go it's like a roller coaster kind of a, a life that we live. And yeah, I just try to keep it real. But sometimes I talk too much and that, no, that's, we, we, that's we like it, it when you talk. We like it when you listen because you, when you're. When you're doing the podcast, I think one of the things, you know, your your fellow Tangaroos appreciate that you're very good at listening and you're very good at with the follow-up questions. So, you know, when we're talking today, I'm going to try to do the same thing again. Not not as good, not as much talent, not as much uh, aspiration to be, you know, the the podcast, the great podcast host you are. But I'm going to be a kind of a pale imitation just, just for today. <laughs> no way. So you did. So our episode, I think it aired November 10th. So about a, about a month ago, we did our actual conversation and, ser and seriously, in all, in all seriousness, when you did the end of like the last 10 minutes where you actually interviewed me, I thought you did a really good job. I really did. So I, I think you got to give yourself a little bit more credit and I'm sure today will be really fun for me and i appreciate you doing this and it's a little bit weird to be the guy answering questions honestly i have no clue what's coming my way uh, <laughs> so i'm gonna try I, i'm just gonna let you drive i'll let you drive and i'll do my best to be as honest as always with you so sure yeah fire it up let's do it <laughs> yeah and uh i uh i appreciate the first of all the the opportunity to to do so. I think this is the the least that we can do to to show recognition and appreciation because you've done three plus seasons of what is culture podcast and you've really you know put a lot of your your peers our peers um, in a good spotlight and their thoughts on on culture. So we're like you know what this is the time where we learn more about Rocco. What is what's his take on culture? And you've met you know so many people 
you know, while doing the podcast and also in your your day to day work. So let's find out more about uh, Rocco. So I'm I'm hoping my one of my goals today is to be a good representative of the Tango um, team members worldwide and, and hope, ask insightful questions. I got a lot of um, very interesting questions from um, Tangaroos worldwide, so I'm definitely going to be sneak, sprinkling them and, and getting them in during mm. the, the podcast. So yeah, that, that's my mission to just uh, <laughs> learn more about yourself on, on behalf of the, the company and then ask some of the, as we mentioned during the, the last uh, episode that you and I did together, you know, the 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 important stuff and also sneak in some silly questions as well. Sure. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big clown. Like all I, if I don't, if I don't laugh at least 20 times a day, there's a problem. Like I, you know what I'm saying? I, I think I've never, I can't think of anything more important than having a good sense of humor. And um, it's gotten me through a lot. And I, I was always that kind of kid, like even in, in the classroom, first grade i remember making people laugh and and loving it and i've always been the kid in the family that always is making jokes like that life is it, it's not that serious like just have a good time just have a good time so right on yeah yep. man yeah so we what we started our conversation today you know talking about i mean in some ways like the Right, the kind of a cliche, but like the the circle of life, you know, we deal with you know births and deaths. So let's mm. you know turn the table a little bit around, and you know, I'm 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 like to joke that I'm I'm curious, I'm nosy, and hopefully uh, other folks share the same viewpoint also. But yeah, so one of the th first thing I want to you know speak with you today is you we you and I constantly talk about being you know being a dad right we share dad jokes and you're you're the proud father of a beautiful daughter leah right and and you're raising a great daughter with your wife shannon Dick. yep yep you're right and so what you know i'm sure before leah was born you know shannon and yourself gotten lots of advice might have read books and gotten some you know good advice and guidance from family and friends but now that you are you know, a, a proud dad and, and you're raising, uh, you know, your daughter along with Shannon. If you can name one po positive thing and one negative thing that surprised you the most. So let's start with the negative because we, you know, I think you and I both, you know, positive. We always like to end on a, on a positive note. So, mm -hmm. but we're just the beginning. But what would you say would be one kind of down thing that you didn't know going in? You're like, this, this, like, this really surprised me. And then on the flip side, again, what's the one thing, maybe something that Leah does or the, you know, the, the bond that you have with Shannon that you're like, I didn't expect this, but this is way better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's, that's a good one. So this is the type of thing. And I'm the kind of person, if you ask me this question tomorrow, I might have a different answer, but for now, when you asked me that, the first thing I thought of as the most <laughs> negative thing there, I don't matter anymore. Like it, I, when I go to – so twice a week I take my daughter to my family, right? And my mom and dad watch her. They're both retired. They live like 10 minutes from the Shelton office. When I get there, like I'll send them a text and be like, I'm on my way. I'll be there in X amount of minutes. And by now they know it takes about whatever, 32 minutes or some crap. I'm sure my dad knows the exact minute. My dad will come outside. I The truck won't even be in park. And the back door is open and he's taking Leah inside to take, you know, to take her in, take care of her. And I'm like, wait a minute, what, what just happened? Like, I, I didn't even put the thing in park and she, she's off and he's gone. Like the door shut. It's like, 
I <laughs> I just don't matter anymore. And I kind of I guess that's negative, but it's also it's also great because I don't matter. And I want to be like my parents where they put me first. And I feel like I didn't have to do that as an adult ever, really. I mean, I'm 30. I was 39 when I had when we had her had the had my daughter and I was a selfish, selfish person, admittedly. That's why I waited so long to have a kid. I love to be alone. I love alone time. Um, I could be listening to music, reading, whatever, by myself in a cave for f- several weeks, and I th- would be totally fine. Um, but when you're <laughs> when you're a dad, not only do you not matter, but your time is your your alone time is out the freaking window, and I'm struggle with that constantly like I just want a minute that's like it's I struggle with it a lot and I don't know if it's ever going to get better or what and maybe you could tell me what what to do with that whole thing but I mean like I wake up in the morning and I don't I think about my daughter and how what I need to do to get her ready for the day I don't even know how many times I've gone to put on clothes and I'm like oh yeah everything is dirty like oh yeah laundry like I you know you go to make a plate of food and there are no clean dishes like it's just funny your life gets flipped upside down and I just (laughs) there's days where I'm like I just wish I was by myself just for a minute and I know I don't really mean that but I also really mean that so uh, yeah, I, I would say, uh, Rocco, what you just mentioned, um, first of all, it, uh, you're not alone. <laughs> so there's definitely other folks that uh, feel the, the, same, the same way. Um, but I think the, one of the, things, the good things that you can look forward to is that, I, at least from my personal level, I have uh, three kids, three kids uh, with my wife, um, is that it, it, I feel like it does get easier when they get older. So when they're getting older, as you know, Leah turns one and two and, and five and ten, they're going to be able to do more things. So if they're able to do more things, that that gives you a little bit more time to kind of you know do what you like to do or what you like to you know want to do for the family chores or just you know you know personal time to you know refuel your brain and and refuel your soul. So I feel like it, it it's definitely tougher now that Leah is so young. But you know when when she's um, older, it, you're going to get that time back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's just, it makes me, I waited a long time to have kids. Right. And I just wish that I did more when I was younger, like, um, did the, took, took advantage of the opportunity to travel more, um, spent more time, spent more weekends doing things and less weekends, maybe being a recluse or being a homebody when, now you kind of have to be you kind of have to be a homebody if you want to do something you it's like an event you have to send people like freaking outlook calendar requests to get together with your friends because everyone has kids and it's just so difficult to find time to go and just be a dude and hang out where you know a couple years ago or wherever before kids i had that freedom 
but I didn't really take advantage of it as much as I wish I could have. You know, I'd be like, oh, I'm too tired or whatever. But, you know, I wish I did more like go into the city more often. Um, you know, go visit a friend you haven't seen in a while. Get on an airplane, go out for go away for a long weekend. Those those small things are almost like really absurd to happen now. Like there's no way. But um, so but that's OK. I, I'm I don't know regrets, but that's something that I wish I did more uh, as a free single. Well, not single. <laughs> What it was fatherless? No, childless. <laughs> what the hell yeah. is the word I'm thinking of? Childless. That that, that sounds weird to say childless. <laughs> I think uh, just you know a, a a single guy like you said like you know you, you know not yeah not not being a dad yet, mm-hmm. but um I would say again as the as Leah gets older you know you may be surprised that there will still be opportunities like you know whether you know your your parents uh, you know get a chance to hang out with Leah or, you know, you and Shannon take turns. So, you know, hey, tonight I'm going to hang out, you know, with the guys. But hey, mm-hmm. you know, next week, you know, Shannon, it's your personal time. So you can go and do your thing and see your friends and exercise, whatever, you know, she she would like to do. You, you'll still get the time back. So I, I would say don't don't be all that, you know, pessimistic about it. Cause I think you might be pleasantly, you know, surprised by it. But then, you know, the, the another flip side of that is, again, you know, the, the same magic I, I, I quoted um, in the past that gave me, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, smart things to, to carry with me. He also was the person that told me that, you know, you cannot change the past. You can only change the future. So the past is the past. We don't have a time machine yet. Um, but going forward, can you imagine that, you know, you may not be able to, you know, go, go to the city or do more things, but now think about it that, you know, you with Leah and or with Shannon, you know, together depending on you know the the schedules. Now mm-hmm. you get to see different parts of the world, you know, with with your your psychic, you know, with through her eyes. So can you imagine if you you know we're dangerously close to New York City, if you take her to like you know the Met or or you know Museum of Modern Art MoMA, or you know you mentioned when we last talked that you have family in Italy. Can you imagine if you know the stars align and you're able to mm-hmm. you know go take take her and have a family vacation in Italy? The the things that the, she'll see and hear and you know eat and all that good stuff. Now you have someone that you're opening the world to. So it's not that you're doing something that you might have done before. Now you have someone else that's seeing this for the first time, and you might be seeing the first time and experiencing it with her. So that kind of you know, experience, I think, is um, priceless. And I think that's something you definitely can look forward to. Yeah, right on. I do look forward to that. Um, I'm just a really selfish person. I mean, let's let's be honest. And I <laughs> I just miss it, man. I miss I miss like shutting my door and just, you know, I, I don't know. I it's I'm I'm going to struggle with that forever. I know I will. I know I will. But there's also going to be a lot of good things that come with it. And I couldn't imagine not having a kid because I, where would I be? Right. If my parents didn't have me. So I just want, I want to, I want to give her a lot of things and be there for her as a dad, but it's also, it's also pretty insane. Yeah. I I think that it says something to you that again, you, you recognize it, that you're, you know, you're not kind of just trying to gloss it over and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm the the selfless dad and it's, it's everything is for Leah and for Shannon and the family that you do recognize that. And I hope that you don't ever, you know, hi- hide that, that th- th- this is part of you. You recognize that this is a, a personality characteristic trait of yours. So like you said, <laughs> yeah. I, I have to deal with it. 
but hopefully you can deal with it in a healthy and constructive way. And I, I, mm-hmm. I just have a feeling that either consciously or subconsciously, you're going to be able to experience, you know, happiness, you know, with Leah and Shannon and, and the family. It's kind of slowly like, you know, at some point you may be like, hey, Leah's doing great, you know, and 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 her happiness, you know, you're, you feel the same way, you know, times 10. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling that that I think and hope that that may uh, happen. So um, I think that's uh, something on the radar. I I hope I think you're right too. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, since we're talking a little bit about yourself, and I want to dig a little bit more into you know the your background, what you did before and currently. So you have a BA in English from Southern Connecticut State University, and you have a MFA in Creative Writing and Poetry from Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. Yes. So with Leah as part of the new addition to the family with Shannon, have, has Leah inspired you to do any writing in terms of like poetry or, or essays? Because now you, hmm. you've probably found inspiration in, in other places, you know, classic works or things that you observe. But now you actually have a, a human being that you and Shannon created. Has Leah been a, a topic or, or an inspiration point for your creative work? I haven't. So, okay, let's kind of go take a step back. So I graduated uh, in 2008 with my master's in poetry and I was writing constantly for those, the the two years before up until let's say four or five years after not obsessively writing, just I had an urge to write the same way people that work out all the time or someone like you that is into martial arts you do it because you feel like you have to it, it you're like unwhole without it and so you are constantly practicing and doing it and it it's just provides kind of a, a, some happiness to you and with writing for some reason i've i've stopped writing creatively but the last job the last two jobs this one especially I was writing for work so frequently and was able to be creative that, and I don't know, man, it's like this, I struggle with it a lot because I wish I were still writing all the time, but it's okay to take a break. It's not to say that I'll never return to writing, but um, I mean, for a long, long time, I was writing short stories or poetry like weekly if not daily, but it just, the urge has kind of disappeared. And I don't think it's sad. I don't think that it's gone forever, but I might be, might have reached the point where I'm waiting for the urge, because if you try to force it, it just, it doesn't come out to be anything worth reading. Um, it, It almost like has to come out organically and I'm not pressing it, but I know it's going to come back. And this this job, as doing this podcast and the last almost year of doing it, is so eerily similar to the creative writing world. Um, so I treat I almost when people ask me about how I how I produce an episode, it's very similar to how I wrote po- a piece of poetry or a short story. So you start off with a rough draft, which would be the interview. And you know that it's you know there's something in there, you know you got the 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 heart and soul is there, uh, you've kind of hit something, but it's not ready. 
it, it needs to be massaged. It needs to be reviewed and drafted and maybe have somebody help you critique um, to turn it into a piece that you've massaged and edited and transformed into a piece of writing or a piece of art. And that, that sounds corny, but that's how I look at these episodes. I take the raw material, like a, you know, a, a short story or a poem that you write, at, uh, you know, at like a, a picnic bench or something outside. And then you take it home and you spend some time with it and you turn it into something that you're proud of. And the, it's so identical. It's so similar to the process of creative writing I think that's why I love it so much. And, um, you know, cause I do my intros and my outros and I could decide what to keep or what to remove. And it's every piece is a storytelling. And I, I, I love it. And I think I wouldn't have been able, I don't think I would have had the skills to do this without my background in creative writing. And I never, I never made that connection until recently. And it's, it's really interesting. And we're the beneficiaries of, of that hard work. Like you said, like it's the rhythm that the rhythm, the discipline, you know, that you've honed in, in your younger days with your creative writing. I, I think it's a, it's amazing that you do your interviews. I, I would imagine middle of the week, like on a Tuesday or Wednesday and Thursday. And then the process that you just outlined, you know, the, the editing, you know, that you might, you know, letting this go too long that I make, you know, mm -hmm. am I cutting this too short? You do all that in a number of days and you publish the what is culture podcast i think the episode usually on a sunday yeah to, to for you know mass consumption and to to uh let everyone know about it on monday so to do that you know it's it's hard enough to do it one time but now you've done it for three plus you know three seasons and and going strong so you that that's just just admirable like you said you 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 learn and you go but just have to the rep it's a, it's a, isn't it a nice segue that your the younger days the skills that you hone that maybe someone's like well Rocco what are you gonna do with your life what are you gonna do how's this and you're you you can be very proud and say confidently well what I've learned and what I've done in the past is directly impacting in a positive way what I do at work every day mm -hmm. totally I, I, yeah and it's cool because now that we're talking about it I'm really I never I don't think I've ever really made that distinction until <laughs> like this moment you know it's that's so funny but yeah i mean when at the the professors that i had in undergrad and graduate school were always about the awareness of your audience and you know you could write something that you think is great but if it's not going to hit an audience and do anything to them then what did that piece do really and so i try to keep that in mind and i'm open to constantly improving and the other thing that's eerily similar to creative writing and poetry and podcasting if i go back and listen to older episodes from like season one i am a little bit like and embarrassed because i feel like oh my god that's i sounded like such an an idiot or what what was i thinking because it i i was like I, I wasn't that good at it, I don't think. I was okay at it. I was learning, but I it's almost like when you go back to look at stuff you did earlier in your career and you're just like, nah, that wasn't so good. But that's I I, I think that's necessary to because it shows improvement, right? So I try to get better every episode by learning from the guests and learning from the feedback. And um yeah, so it's it takes a lot of um 
you got to swallow a lot of pride to do this. And I'm okay with it because I know whatever I put out there is open for everyone. And I put a lot of my, I'm pretty open about myself sometimes in some of the episodes. But again, I think that's a product of going through a, a an MFA in poetry. Like how many people do that? It's just funny that <laughs> you have a master's degree in poetry. People are like, what the hell is that? I'm like, I don't know, man. I, um, but it was great. And I met my wife at Bowling Green, Bowling Green state. And she is awesome and changed my life for the better. And so, yeah, that was that my decision to go to graduate school was the best decision I ever made in my life. Hands down. Like, the the smartest thing I ever did, right on 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 different levels, not just on the intellectual professional level, but more importantly on a personal level that you met, you know Shannon and your you know marriage and and started a family like, you know how how great is that right? That's irreplaceable. Yeah, and Mike, I think I had a quarter life crisis. I was 25 years old. I was working at my second job in Norwalk, Connecticut, and. I was burnt out like the co- the corporate culture. I was just like, what is this? Like, what did, what did I, I went to school for four years and this is my life. Like I'm sitting behind a desk and I don't even know my boss there at all. Like he just shows up once in a blue moon and just like barks demands. And I was just, like, could not believe the environment that this is what I worked for. This is, <laughs> so I, I put myself through college for what? for this nine to five crazy, like just horrible corporate culture. And I was like, I need to go back to school. And I started looking into grad programs for creative writing. And based on the advice that I got from my professors to find a school that offered me uh, an assistantship. So I did not pay for my, uh, my master's degree because I taught um, I taught introduction. I taught composition one and two as a way to, you know, an, an assistantship. So I, I, I didn't pay any tuition for it. So it was almost like an opportunity uh, to to leave it all behind for a bit. Like I seriously was burnt out by the corporate culture when I was t- <laughs> 25 years old, barely working in that environment. And I'm like, this is not for me, dude. I, I can't. And so I went and that was seriously one of the main reasons why I went to grad school. I just couldn't take it. I, that world is not for me. It just isn't. Yeah. And I think, uh, it, it all, it all, it all turned out. And I think we, when we talked about it last time, it sounds like Shannon is a lot like my wife that Shannon's the brains of operation. Mm-hmm. That she really, I think she's your, your soulmate and you know, you're, you're compatible and, are doing the, the right things to, you know, bring the, raise the, the family together. So, yeah, I, I think, and, and, and we, can we call it come back then that if you were in a, a <laughs> uh, you know, quarter, mid quarter crisis that, you know, you know, like, you know, hit rounding around 40 that, you know, I think you're, you're thriving. It sounds like you're thriving, you know, despite like, there's always like bumps, right? Not, mm, not everything yeah. is perfect, but I, I sure. think that you're on, on the upswing. I can only, I have a lot more visibility to, you know, professional. I, I, you're very respected. Your work product is out there. You're, you're adding significant, significant value to the company. So from a professional level, I, I think you're on the, a major upswing. Well, thank you. I, I try not to think about that, to be honest. I try not to think about pro- my, my progress. Um, 
because then I'm, that keeps me, I, I don't know. I try to stay humble all the time and I don't, I don't really think about it. And it's funny. I took, I don't want to say we'll call it a break, but so I posted 40 episodes so far. And last week I, I took a, I didn't take a break I because I had an episode ready, but I took a moment to pause and not push out another episode because the one I did with Kirk Webb that was titled uh, for the skeptics, I thought that one was so important and I pushed it out originally during like the shortened Thanksgiving break. And um, I, I just wanted to make sure people got it. So I, this week I, I'm usually like running around like a maniac and always doing and working on, this is the first time in, in weeks where I didn't feel like pedal to the metal, like, Oh my God, I got a deadline on Sunday. Like it, and I don't like that because <laughs> then I start thinking about everything and that's my biggest enemy. And that's why this job is so good for me. And I remember even back in the day when we set to set out to do this podcast, the original intent was, for, you know, let's do two episodes a month, one episode a month. And I'm like, no, let's do it every week. And then I, I after I said, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? But it's so good for me because I, my, I'm a classic overthinker and I, I need to be kept busy. And this job helps me focus on my work and not really think about my successes. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think about that. I just, I want to do better. I want to put this episode out, spotlight that person and onto the next and not even stop to pause and be like, well, you know, good job, Rocco. You did dot that. Like, who cares about that? I just, I don't think about it. Um, and then hopefully when I do pause, I could be proud of what I've done, but I, it, I don't know. That's just a dangerous road. I just like how busy this job keeps me. Uh, in a, in a happy way. And I don't think of it as work. You know, you mentioned before, yeah, I, I typically we'll do my interviews Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I turn around and put the episode out on, on the weekend. I work almost every weekend for a couple hours. I work at night at past work hours, but it doesn't feel like work. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't mind it. So yeah, I have a strange schedule and it's really hectic, but it's it's fun. Yeah, and, I think yeah. the work the the work itself, you know, the podcasting, and you do so much for our company and Tango. Not just the podcast, but you're you're a key part of the marketing team, communications, branding, Tango Live, which is our user conference. I think the the nice things that is that your current works taps into a great deal your creative side so it, it kind of gets you going whereas you know if it, if your current work is completely disconnected to what you've learned formally and informally it'd be like oh it's a job it pays the bills but this one kind of it's the link to the past using your tools and experience from the past for the present so i think that's why you know you know it's a cliche but you know people say well it's you know the work is good when it doesn't feel like work well i think that's you know you just presented the the classic example of that that was, that was really a great learning experience for me and actually, you know, super helpful to now know what it's like to be a guest on the show. So thank you, Mike, for being a wonderful host. You seem to always be able to put things in perspective and it's always a pleasure speaking with you. And I really appreciate the spotlight. And remember to stay tuned for part two of this interview 
where you'll get to hear me answer some questions that were submitted by our listeners. Okay, before we go, <laughs> I do have a timely dad joke, especially for you, Mike. It's a knock-knock joke, so here we go. Knock-knock. Who's there? Abby. Abby who? <laughs> Abby New Year! Oh my god, so bad and so great. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention. So over the holidays, I spent many hours working on the podcast's new website, and at the moment, it's scheduled to launch in February, right on time for the one-year anniversary of this podcast. So it's very exciting stuff, and I can't wait to share it with everyone. Thanks again, Mike. Until next time.